This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that Today is a bad day for me. I'm not necessarily emotionally, but physically. I've just had a really hard last week. I think it's just being in the ninth and tenth week of pregnancy, and my body is just tired. It's been four weeks of a lot. And so I feel like I don't have a lot to bring today, but that's when it's wonderful that I have my very handsome co host, Jesse. <laughs> He's looking I was, around. I was looking all around. I can't find anybody <laughs> that fits that description. And he is going to kind of take over for me today in the sense of I'm going to interview him. So I'm going to turn the tables and we're going to talk about his role. And a question that a lot of you guys have asked is could we talk more about what it looks like, his involvement in the business, his day to day? And I'm just going to ask him questions that you all have ask me to ask him and he doesn't know what's coming. So this is, this is kind of fun. We'll see where this goes. But before we get to that, let's talk about what's saving our life. I had something that I was going to share last week that I could share this week, but it's, I'm must not be saving my life anymore because what I was going to share broke. So I had been wanting to be more intentional about drinking more water. And so I bought a 32 ounce Nalgene bottle and it was working really well. And I had took Silas to baseball on Saturday and it fell out of my hand, hit the ground on the bottom corner and the whole, the thing was full. The cap was screwed on, broke the whole bottom of it off in this circle 
and the water just gushed out the bottom and everybody turned and looked. It was it was kind of interesting. But I had no idea that a Nalgene bottle could break. Neither did I. <laughs> I thought those were kind of break proof or something. It must have hit right on the right spot on the corner because it was the whole bottom of it just totally cracked. And uh, so I tossed it and I'm not now not drinking as much water, but I'm using the kids because I went ahead and bought some for the kids as well. And because uh, it's really helping them. It has been so hot here lately. It's and October sure 2nd and the high is 98 degrees today. Yep. This is when we don't enjoy living in the South. Leaves are falling off the trees and... They're not falling off the trees. I think they're dying from the heat and then they're (laughs) falling off. No, the trees have not turned. We... Not really. No. And so autumn is coming. It just, we have to kind of wait until... It's going to come in January. (laughs) It usually comes, I feel like the very beginning of November is when things start cooling down here, which, Mm -hmm. which has been an adjustment. Though I remember wearing shorts in January last year. Or I guess it'd be this year. Well, cooling down is relative yeah, when you're in Tennessee. That is true. But it's cooling down compared to 98 degrees. It's like we can actually kind of pretend that it's fall. And it does get a little cold some days. But So the water bottle, you said you ordered another one. And yep. how much were you trying to drink? I was trying to fill it up at least twice a day. Okay. And it was good just to keep it, keep that with me wherever I went, just to chug on it whenever I was in the car or... Just using that to keep track of my water intake. It's funny because I do not like those kinds of bottles. I think they're so big. I prefer to drink out of something with a straw that's smaller. And I think it's because, so my Contigo water cup that I've talked about before, it's a 20 ounce cup. And I feel like Mm -hmm. one, it has a straw, but secondly, I feel like 20 ounces, you can you can get through that more quickly. So it yeah, feels a little a, bit more yeah. fulfilling. Like I'm drinking so much water when well, I have this huge thing. It's definitely easier to w- drink on in the car because I try drinking out of my water bottle while I'm driving and it, get get a face full of water as I'm drinking. So, But I'm glad that it's working really well for you. And I hope that the next one that comes doesn't get broken so easily. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what is saving my life this week is pregnancy related again. That is kind of top of the mind 24-7 right now. I, I eventually promise I will bring something else other than pregnancy-related. But for me, it was yesterday I got to see the baby on the ultrasound. Jesse, you did too, which mm-hmm. was really... That honestly, it was just because it's been such a hard week. Getting to see our little baby on the ultrasound just gave me kind of that extra boost of like, okay, I'm not making this up. This is for a good cause, and I'm going to make it through. And so, I'm- well, it was amazing just to see the improvement and the advancement over what two weeks, three weeks ago. The growth yeah. was crazy. Like, I don't know what percentages the baby grows by, but it was so tiny three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it had grown so much. I hate saying it, sorry. He or she had grown so much. We will be finding out soon so that we can use the proper pronouns. But So that was just really encouraging to me. And I know I have just really challenged myself to give thanks and everything and to not complain this pregnancy. And I think of so many people who feel sick all the time, feel exhausted, feel nauseous, and it's not for a good cause. It's Mm -hmm. they're going through chemotherapy or something like that. And so I have so much to be grateful for, but sometimes 
it can feel like the days are really dragging on and to be, you know, sick morning, noon and night and in the middle of the night can wear you down. And so yesterday it just gave me kind of that shot in the arm to keep going and just that extra boost. And I felt like it just really saved my life and saved my perspective this week. As far as books go, I mentioned last week that listening to audiobooks is making me sick right now. And I just, reading honestly is something that's not as easy to come by. I have all these books that I want to read, but many times the thought of reading is just too much for me. And so I have been watching a lot of shows, but I did have one book that I read every day and that is called The Daily Light. And this is just a compilation of morning and evening readings from the Bible. My mom actually gave me one of these years and years ago. And um, it is something that not every single year, but many years I have read through it. And it's usually just five or six verses on a specific topic for the morning and the evening. Sometimes it's even fewer than that. But I love it because you can just open it up and read it. I always read it every morning as I'm starting my day. And it's really great, especially I know when I had two little kids, a baby and a toddler in life was so full. And it felt like whenever my feet hit the ground, my day started and there was just constant little people needing help. And so I would go in the bathroom in the mornings and I would read this for just a few minutes. And it was just a great way to start my day. So again, that's called the daily light. And they have it in a lot of different Bible translations. The one that I have is the one, it's just this little pocket edition that my mom gave me and it is in King James, but they also have it in a number of other translations and you should be able to find it. I know it's available on Amazon. We'll link to it, but I think also pretty much any Christian bookstore should have it. It's a very common, well-known sort of resource. Although when I talk about it, it seems like a lot of people have never heard of it, but it's been around for a long time. So that was the Daily Light. And I think it's compiled by Samuel Bagster, but This particular edition that I have doesn't say his name on the outside, but we'll link to it in the show notes. All right, Jesse, are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready for me to ask you all sorts of questions? You got this. Okay, so first off, I know that we've shared your story on the podcast and kind Mm -hmm. of talking about how you, you know, went to law school you um, tell us, just give us a brief recap. So after you pass the bar, tell us what happened after that. So I was working with the attorney general's office in Kansas when we lived there shortly after I graduated and then moved over and worked in the district attorney's office and worked there for about eight months or so. So then did uh, contract review for a big law firm in Kansas City area and uh, did that for almost what, a year and a half mm-hmm. or so? Then we decided to move back down to Wichita. We were pregnant with Silas. We were pregnant. Yeah, it was a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was crack up when people say we were pregnant. Uh, and then uh, decided to start my own law practice. And that was something that you had always really dreamed of It doing. was. I, I had had a, a vision for doing that while I was in law school. I made out business plans while I was in law school. I took a class on opening your own practice, you know, things to consider. It was a more practical class because a lot of the classes in law school are not practical. 
where the rubber meets the road, but this one was and did some projects on developing budgets and advertising, things like that. So I started uh, thinking about that in law school. And honestly, I didn't have the gumption coming right out of law school and, and starting up the own practice. And it wasn't until I talked with a man who uh, later became a mentor to me and gave me the kind of the kick in the pants to go ahead and, and start the practice. So that was, that was a, a great experience. And looking back, I feel like if you had started the practice right out of law school, I don't think we were in a place for you to do that. Like, I feel like that would have been really hard on our marriage because mm-hmm. I think you didn't believe in yourself that you could do that. And I feel like I was still struggling with knowing how to make you feel believed in. And right. and I and I think that just learning how to do that in a way that spoke that to you. Right. And I also was, I limited myself in what I thought that I could do and what I wanted to do. And because of that, I would not have been able to step out of my comfort zone, do new things and be able to provide for my family like I needed to. And so starting the law firm, I think that was probably really scary for you in some senses, Mm -hmm. but I think it was also really gratifying. It was. And I remember that because I had talked to this man uh, probably about a year, year and a half or so before actually taking that jump. Mm -hmm. And I decided in my head, I want to have about $10,000 saved up before starting the practice. And so once I hit that $10,000 mark, we'll have some cushion. And that was not for saved up for the family use. That was saved up to use as cushion in the business. Mm -hmm. And we decided to go ahead and just do what we normally do when starting up a business with $2,000 and go from there and the sky's the limit. So I'm so glad that we did it that way and that I didn't wait to have that $10,000 cushion because that would have been something that would have, I would have fallen back on and I would have, it probably would have made me feel overly comfortable. Mm -hmm. So then I wouldn't take those risks that were necessary to get the law practice off the ground. So you start in on the law practice and you are running it. And tell me about how did that feel for you? It felt scary, Mm -hmm. you know, jumping out and and doing something that I didn't know if it was going to succeed. And then, you know, doing the daily grind and, and keeping at it and setting goals. It was very gratifying. Mm-hmm. And and seeing a difference that we could make uh, as a business in the lives of others, you know, and, and having a team that I worked with, and and kind of developing that camaraderie with uh, people in the office, mm-hmm. it was it was very gratifying. And, and in fact, I still keep in contact with the people I worked with closely mm-hmm. uh, today. So. So I think a lot of people are wondering, well, then if it was so gratifying and mm-hmm. you enjoyed it and you had this camaraderie, why would you choose to leave that? It was stressful. Mm-hmm. There was still a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself. There was, and, it, and honestly, I think I've become more self-aware on what drives me. And I had some unhealthiness in trying to make others happy and trying to please others and trying to 
look good in the eyes of uh, other people that I work with. And I'm very thankful that God revealed that to me. And I think that I would not have seen that had I not stepped back from the practice. And so you started kind of, we started talking about the possibility of you leaving, closing the practice. Mm -hmm. I would say it was at least six months before you did. Yes. And it was something that we brought up probably a few years prior, Mm -hmm. just in, we always are brainstorming, always dreaming of the future, talking about the future, talking about different ideas. That's just our personalities. And and I had never viewed the practice as a long-term business opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember someone asked me that, what do you see doing yourself doing this in 10 years? And I was honest and said, no, because we like to be flexible. We like Mm -hmm. to try new things. We, we like to be adventurous. So I was gone a lot in the evenings, mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of night court. And when I didn't realize the effect that that was having on the kids mm-hmm. and how they would say, well, you know, when's daddy coming home kind of thing? Cause I'd leave in the morning before they got up and probably would come home around the time they'd be going to bed. A lot of times, mm-hmm. sometimes swinging by the house in between leaving the office and going to night court. And talking to them today, just realizing they really miss me in mm-hmm. those times. So, and anytime I talk now about, hey, what about starting something up? They actually are pretty against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do not want you to go back to a nine to five or eight to nine yeah. <laughs> job as that often was, or even earlier and later mm-hmm. than that. Um, and so you made the leap which it really was a leap for you to close the law firm Mm -hmm. and to come home. And I think you didn't have a lot of real support in doing that. And I would say that most people in your life, it didn't make a lot of sense to. And I think the thing that was different is that we had this business money saving mom that was doing really well, Mm -hmm. that had a ton of flexibility and a ton of potential that we could do from home. Right. And yes, I had good, a lot of flexibility with the law practice, but I was also on other people's schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, the clients controlled your schedule. In a way, you can say you controlled your schedule ultimately because you allowed clients to control your schedule. But even then, in reality, clients controlled your schedule because they're the ones that paid you money. Well, and I think your personality is the kind, I'm the kind that it's like, if I don't know the number of the person who's calling me, I'm not going to pick it up. And Whereas it has you been are so hard to change. You answer every call and you were always concerned that if you didn't answer this right away or take care of this right away, that someone was going to report you and it was going to hurt. Well, your or, law or, well, or it was something that business that would be out the door. They wouldn't pay or they would just mm-hmm. say, okay, we'll move on to the next next person's name on our list. right? And so I think there was that as well. Whereas the nature of an online business, you don't have to be so much as everyone's beck and call. Mm-hmm. You know, people can email and be like, where are you? Why aren't you answering my emails? But it's not at all the same thing as don't it's feel a that client mm-hmm. that you are responsible for, that you have a legal obligation to. Right. Well, attorneys get a, a bad reputation because a lot of attorneys do not respond and communicate well with clients. And I wanted to be the complete opposite of that. 
mm-hmm. and wanted to have a good reputation of being a good communicator with clients. Which you did a really fantastic job of, but sometimes I'd be like, yeah. honey. I went overboard. You don't need to take this call at 1130 PM at night to help this. You can, it can wait until the morning, mm-hmm. but, but your sense of responsibility and desire to help people was just really fantastic. People loved you as an attorney, but we missed you at home. I let people run over me a ton. Yeah. And I think it was, again, it goes back to some of that was probably some of the, well, it was that sense of responsibility, Yes, definitely. but I think it was also that maybe some of it was that unhealthy people pleasing sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. So you come home and we also make this major move as a family from Kansas to Tennessee, where we don't really know a lot of people. We're moving into a house site unseen. We'd only had a video tour from friends who had gone through it for us. And we don't know the area. We don't know, you know, where are we going to go to church? Where are we going to buy groceries? <laughs> who are we going to become friends with? Like mm-hmm. it was, there were so many unknowns and you quit the law firm. And I know that there was a period of time where you really struggled to figure out who am I? Mm-hmm. Where do I fit? What is my place? It was a long time that until I kind of got that figured out. Mm-hmm. I, it was something I constantly struggled with because my identity was in what I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I placed a lot of my value in who I was as an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a gym membership that really helped mm-hmm. you know, building camaraderie with people at the gym that I work out with two, three times a week. Then, you know, taking more of an active role in the schooling of our children. Mm-hmm. And they really enjoyed that. I realized I have a teacher's heart. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that was what made you such a great attorney too, was because you love to help people really understand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, here's what you're going to do. You would sit there and you would talk with them about all their options and make sure that they understood. And you mm-hmm. would really take the time to explain and teach them about the situation, the courts, the law, you know, whatever it was regarding their particular case. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of people just, you know, I'm the kind of person that I'm just like, here's what we're doing. And I'm not real good about taking the time to explain why. And that's mm-hmm. where you're so good with the kids. I mean, just the other day, we were just having this conversation this morning where Catherine got a really good grade on her health and wellness test that she had been super stressed about. And it was because you sat down with her. I tried to sit with her and explain and help her and quiz her on all the different muscles and things that she was going to be quizzed on. And we were both just like, this isn't working. And you sat down with her the other morning for, I don't know, what was it, an hour at least? Mm, hour and a half or so. And just carefully, thoughtfully explained it to her and helped her to understand it. I don't know what all you did, but whatever you did made a major difference in helping her study because she got such a good grade. But you're mm-hmm. just really good at that. And I think that's something that's come out from this that we didn't realize before because right. you've been able to kind of slow down enough to really recognize your gifts, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a big deal that you even can call out that is one of your gifts. Oh, yeah, because you say, hey, what are your gifts? What are your talents? And I'd say, I don't have any. I remember sitting on the couch with you a few months after we'd moved and you were just really down and kind of depressed 
maybe more than kind of depressed. Yeah, I was depressed. You were just in a funk. Yeah. And I remember looking at you and saying, what are your gifts and talents? And you just said, I don't have any. I was like, well, that's a problem. (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of indicative of a serious issue here because if you don't see that you have gifts and talents, you don't believe that God has uniquely gifted you. Right. You don't believe that you have anything to offer to the world. So of course you're going to feel depressed because your life is sort of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like what is the value that you bring to the world? If your belief is the lie that I don't have any gifts and talents. And so I love that, you know, you're publicly saying God has uniquely gifted me to be a teacher. And that is something that I'm really good at. And I have that teacher's heart. Let's talk about kind of what your life looks like right now, because there's been, we've been here since 2014 Mm -hmm. and you've had some ups and downs, especially at the beginning. But I think you've really, in the last few years, kind of found your groove Mm -hmm. and felt very confident in you know, where God has you mm-hmm. and really embrace your life and love your life. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've no, seen I th- that. I, I think you're right. And, you know, I uh, really enjoy working out and, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of uh, my happy place in the gym in our house. It's of- a passion. It's a passion of yours. And I love it because you and I would love eventually for you to pair that passion and that teacher's heart. And I you know, think maybe. that- well, I- Enjoy teaching the kids. Yeah, and, you help and, the kids. I mean, like I was helping Caitlin with some things last night, and and you've coached it, me a lot, even though I'm very not coachable. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. Volunteering at church has been mm-hmm. immensely helpful, you know, and, and overseeing the cafe ministry at our church as well as which w- is with discipleship. Tell, tell a little and, bit more about the cafe ministry. Well, we have a kind of a front desk area at our church as you walk in that when we have coffee supplies available for purchase it's like a coffee shop ish. Yeah. A yeah, mm-hmm. little bit, but it's it, what it's designed for is to facilitate fellowship around the coffee. You know, mm-hmm. every, everybody comes in <laughs> right now when it's 97 degrees, I think uh, the demand's a little low, but uh, early in the morning, people like to get a cup of coffee and just talk and chat about how their week was and, getting to know other people there at church and it's fun to be able to kind of foster that. And mm-hmm. um, so we have a um, company that we work with that supplies our uh, coffee needs as well as some of our other supplies. And um, I manage that and manage to make sure that we have all the supplies that we need for the next week and uh, for the different ministries going on. And then I've also got more involved with the discipleship program or discipleship intensive program that we now call it. And uh, as well as with our student ministries and helping Caitlin and them every other Sunday morning volunteer with some little ones. Yeah. So you have a lot of different roles that you are playing Mm -hmm. in volunteer positions at church. And it's been really cool to just see you get to do a lot of different things. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like first it started with the cafe And then it was discipleship and now adding on youth group and helping with the little kids. Although you said, you're like, I think I like older kids and adults (laughs) better. Well, I like speaking into people and I Mm -hmm. like, you know, having the feedback from those I can speak into. 
And two-year-olds, it's just not. Quite, you don't quite get that same not feedback. Not quite the same. Yes. <laughs> They're giving other kinds of feedback. <laughs> yeah. And you've been so great about doing that with Caitlin because that was something that she really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, at our church, you have to be 14 to be able to volunteer as a student volunteer by yourself, which Catherine does. But Caitlin really wanted to step into that. And so you and I were supposed to trade off. But because I've been sick a lot of Sunday mornings recently, you've just been the one who's been stepping in and doing that. And Caitlin Mm -hmm. just loves doing that with you. I think another thing that I've loved to see you do is you've done some helping assist coaching Mm -hmm. with Silas's sports teams, mostly just baseball. I think, have you done it? Yep. No football. Okay. And you're so good at that. Again, it's bringing in that teacher personality for Mm -hmm. you and getting to coach and give feedback and just really encourage the boys. And that's Mm -hmm. been so fun. And Silas just loves having you out there. I mean, he was just telling me the other day about, he was talking about the different coaches and their personalities and their strengths. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know this. That was really funny, but I could just tell it's like the fact that you are one of the coaches just really makes it so much more enjoyable for him. Mm -hmm. And I think something that you guys enjoy together, you do together. Yeah. and, And I ask him, do you want me to do this? And he's always very emphatically for it. So And then I think you've gotten a lot of opportunities to help other people with pro bono type of work. Mm -hmm. Um, For people who don't know, that's just basically doing legal work for free. (laughs) It's a fancy word of saying that. But because you don't have your own practice now, it's great because no one has to worry about Oh, you're going to bill them or that they, if they call you, you're going to charge them for their time or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so it's just been neat. A lot of different doors have opened for you to just get to help people Mm -hmm. who maybe they're at a really low point or they're really struggling or they just need some business advice or something like that. And you love getting to do that. And, and I think that sometimes they've wanted to pay me, but I've never told them any price. So, well, I think also it's great because you can enjoy that. Because there's not the stress of like, they're my client. Mm-hmm. Well, they still are, but there's no money attached. They're to not it. the paying client yeah. that you have, that you would stress out about. Yeah. I guess I didn't say that correctly. Cause technically if you're doing pro bono work, they are your they client. Still are, yes. But I think, I feel like when there's not the money attached to it, there's not the stress for you. And I think I've seen you be able to really enjoy helping people versus it be being almost this burden. Mm-hmm. And so that's been cool. And you can kind of do it on your own time because you don't have to take the case or the call and mm-hmm. you can kind of decide, oh, I want to, I have time and I want to be able to help this person. Right. And then you've also become very involved with the business. Mm-hmm. And so you want to talk about your roles with that? Well, I help with managing the finances for the business as well as being a great sounding board for you. Oh, I thought you were going to say being about, a great podcast host. No, whatever. <laughs> And uh, helping you with the podcast. And that's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. I think it's been really fun for us to have this to do together because we've never had something, you know, the business was always, it was kind of my thing that you had your little domain. We don't ever work together on projects with the business. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my project, you take care of the finances, you take care of the contracts. If I have a question, I come to you. But the podcast is, us doing it together right? and it's our project and it's our thing that we work on together. And I've just loved having that. And, you know, I know it's been stretching for both of us mm-hmm. and you've gotten some negative feedback, which yeah. 
has been, you know, hard to handle. Some people don't like you on the podcast, unfortunately, but I'm like, well. Oh, well. Can't please everybody. Yes, that's right. It's the Crystal Payne Show. So I get to choose my co-host and I'm going to choose my favorite person in the world. And I think, you know, I love that people get to see this different kind of side of us that unless you're our good friends, you don't get to sit down with us every week and Mm -hmm. have a conversation. But through the podcast, we get to kind of bring that to the world and bring your wisdom and your quirkiness and your sarcasm. A lot of quirkiness to the world that I don't get to in other places. And so that's been really fun for me. And, you know, I just think of all the things that we've been able to do the last few years and the flexibility that we've had and what you bring to our home. And, you know, just even thinking of this pregnancy and the fact that you're home, I've never had you home during a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So you've always had, we were just talking about this, like it's always been a really stressful season of our life. Yeah. And last podcast I talked about not saying stressful, I would say that they were stressful because we were living in that place of stress. Oh yeah. Because I was in the last year or I was in the second year, last semester of law school when Mm -hmm. uh, Catherine was born. Mm -hmm. And you were just starting, when she was born, you started your we had hoped she was going to be born at Christmas during your Christmas break, and she wasn't. So you were already back into into school when right. she was born. Yep, because she came late. And then with Caitlin, super stressful job yep. situation at the time. And then with Silas, you were just starting the law firm, and there was just a lot with that. Mm-hmm. So this pregnancy to just have you home, and to have you just have the flexibility to be able to be so involved with the kids. I mean, I just think if you were working full time, they would not be getting a lot of really hands-on parenting because, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to have conversations with them and I try to ask them about their day and, you know, I help them a little bit with their school, although I'm not really great with being able to help them with most, most of their school because yeah. I, it's too hard for me, except for when it comes to writing. That's about yep, it. You're very good at writing. Reading and writing, that's about it. So I just have seen how much you're pouring into them and showing up for their activities and taking them where they need to go and talking with them mm-hmm. and investing in them and just really showing up for them. And I'm just so grateful that we're in the season of life that we are so that they're not suffering because mom's mom doesn't have a lot of capacity right, right. now. Right. I mean, really, they're thriving. I mean, yeah. you think about they're so busy. And if I was going somewhere eight to five, nine to five, whatever, there's so much that they wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And they they get to be able to partake in different activities with school and you know, and have these relationships and friendships that mm-hmm. and we get to foster that. Mm-hmm. And it's been and it was really fun to see. Yes. And so I just want to publicly say, I am so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that you took a big risk to come home full time and, you know, stepped away from kind of the accolades Mm -hmm. and the applause and your worth being in your work to say, you know, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to do something that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But I really believe this is where God is leading me. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen God bless that so abundantly and just 
I'm so grateful for you and all that you bring to my life. And I know that there's no way that I could do what I do, that the business would be what it is, that our kids would be where they're at, thriving, that our marriage would be what it is, that our home would be taken care of as well as it is if it wasn't for you and all that you invest in so many areas of life. And so even though I know that the way that we kind of do life is different than a lot of families, it works really well for us. And I think a lot of that is because you're willing to say, I'm going to be a humble servant leader. And you're willing to stay in that place and do whatever that looks like every single day. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Well, thank you. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.